As a preliminary matter, this is Jeff Harris. Permit me to confirm that all members and persons anticipated on the agenda are present and can hear me. Members, when I call your name, please respond to the affirmative state each member's name. Bridget? Hi, Bridget, present. Tim? Tim Cochran, present. Um, staff, when I call your name. Um, you could also have that. You could also have the staff introduce themselves on the record. Please do. Cassie Montero, present. Alicia Sullivan. Judy McNeil, present. Kathleen Liberty, present. Good evening. This open meeting and public hearing of the Franklin Board of Health is being conducted as a hybrid model, which means this meeting is convening in person and conference via the Google Hangout application. Please note this meeting is being recorded. Please remember to mute your phone or computer when you are not speaking. Please let us know if you have a question by raising your hand. Um, open the board meeting uh, to acceptance of the minutes. Do I have a... Bridget, did you have any questions about the meeting minutes? No, I'm from my perspective. Okay. Uh, motion to accept the November 2nd, 2022 meeting minutes as presented in the agenda. Jeff, do you want a second? Or I second it. All right, so we do all in favor? Yes. We have to, we'd have to do a roll call vote because you're yep. virtual, Bridget. Yep. Right now, that leaves everything on Jenny's plate. 
think there's any other old businesses there. Okay, I think we're on to new business now, right? Yeah, so we can just move on to the new business. All right, new business, um, risk-based retail food inspections discussion. Yep. So, um, part of the FDA food code, and um, I'm sure Bridget would like to talk about this, there is, in the Annex 5, there is a risk categorizations of food establishments. So again, you can kind of look at the way they go one through four, and these are inspected one, two, three, and four times per year. Now we do two per year. So this changes the game. So your regular Dunkin' Donuts will be one time a year, plus we will check in on them once a year as well to make sure nothing's changed. Um, category two would be retail food stores, schools, um, you know, like quick service, basically. Three is an example of a full service restaurant, and four would be more for the high susceptible population, which would be like Castle Plants for sushi, et cetera, et cetera, or any, any establishment that doesn't really comply. So in order for us to do this type of inspections, we have to get approval from the Food Protection Program at the state level, and I received a letter Bridget, I received my letter from Michael Moore that we are allowed to um, start to start to progress with this type of inspection process, which I'd like to implement in January. So it just so that the board knows we aren't doing your typical two inspections per year any longer. That this is a little bit um, more streamlined as far as um, what what it looks like for each food service establishment can hone in more on the full, full service instead of twice a year, three times a year. Uh, I just feel like this is more an adequate way to go, um, and especially with the high susceptible population and the hassle plans and things like that, that we have to approve. We want to make sure that they're you know, following the HACCP plans and anything that we've already approved down to the letter. Um, Bridget, you want to add anything else to that? Yeah, I just have a Sorry, I'm not going. Um, I have a question. Did we, I know it's permit renewal time or post permit renewal, permit renewal time. Has there been any information shared with the restaurant community about the increase in inspections? Not yet. No, I just got the letter um, this week. Okay. And is Dunkin' Donuts in one or a two? Huh? Is Dunkin' Donuts in one or a group two?
like you're being persecuted in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Kathleen, do you have to notify those those establishments before you go in, or do you can just do you just walk in? We just walk. And they're open, they can just walk in. So there's no, they don't have a heads up that you're coming. No. Okay. No, um, we don't. We do it respectfully in the front door. We don't ever go in the back door and try right. to catch anybody doing anything wrong. Um, and they usually kind of know. Jenny's <laughs> grimacing at me. <laughs> at least I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been known um, to go into that. My right. staff. Um, no. So yeah, I mean, they know pretty much know what we're coming. Okay. Just uh, a quick uh, question. This doesn't necessarily change our permitting. Absolutely not. No. no. So that that won't necessarily change. But um, with this change, I agree with Bridget that it's information we should be putting out to the public. But this, um, hopefully, there's a way that we can make this information available to anyone who is coming in for a permit. There are any new establishments that come in that they're notified of what category they may fall into based yeah. on the based on the type of establishment. I like that. That's we'll probably keep some, something on hand sure. as well, or okay. even on Viewpoint. Sure. Well, even on Viewpoint, too. We could maybe even on yeah. their application say, you know, yeah. these we, are the categories that... Especially for a new, then, a new establishment so that they understand what their, the expectation is from the Board of Health when, no, I like that. when yeah. they come and, and pull that permit. Absolutely. It, it can be part of the plan review process, maybe, too. You know, or the permit, you know, moving forward in the permit renewal process, because people may forget, whatever the case may be. Um, the other question is, because this is going to vary the workload, I know that places that used to do twice a year, you only have to do once a year now. But now you have places that did twice a year, going to be four times a year. Mm -hmm. Do you know of other communities that increase their pricing structure to reflect that change in inspection or that change in workload? I'm not. So maybe over, so no, like, I'm not saying that I want to overcharge people, but if it does create a, a different burden, maybe we should look at that in the next six months as well, just to make sure that our budget is still, you know, stabilized in that, in that way. So um, maybe not a full audit, but perhaps a, a, um, a review in six months, if we can keep that in mind. Or, yeah, or just even keeping, you know, doing a quick poll through like MHLA or something to see if any towns can increase their permit fee based on the increase in inspections, um, or doing a comp, you know, comparison analysis as to how, um, you know, how how are our fees rated in the community anyway? Are we high, low? Are we super high for no reason? You know, just kind of looking at that from, from that perspective. But typically, um, as your services to the community increase, oftentimes your your inspection fee or your permit fee may increase as well. There's something to keep in mind. That's a tough one because these fees go straight to general fund and not to our budget per se. But I, I see what you're saying. Um, we so when I want to cut your budget next year, you can say right, but <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. I have to keep my people. <laughs> got it. You're doing this money, you know, showcasing how much work you're already doing and how your workload has changed because again, your your initial inspection in a level one is never going to be as time consuming as any inspection in a level four. So now your you know your time your time differential is just kind of sort of changed drastically. I'm not saying I want to increase these, but I want to be cautious and cognizant of what that would look like. All right. So in the next six months you want me to do kind of a compare contrast with other towns surrounding towns? Yeah, just see, just see what you can find out. You know, it doesn't have to be immediate and I don't want you to spend like copious amounts of time on it. But I think it might be helpful just to see what else is out there and what other people are doing. Because I know more communities are going to the risk-based inspection approach as opposed to just a twice a year. 
and I think it's important to note too, like during that initial, you know, we have those establishments that are, are four times a year now. Um, again, that sort of proactive, proactive sort of coaching component. Like, hey, listen, I know we're going to be here more frequently, but it's kind of like going to the dentist, right? We're going to be here more frequently, so your inspections are going to increase. You're going to be way better because you know I'm coming in three months instead of six months. So just trying to kind of put that positive spin on it as well. Positive spin. Coming up. There you go. <laughs> Next on the agenda, um, PHEP representative letter. So, um, I don't, I'm not sure the, the whole board knows, but so um, Franklin participates in Region 2 um, uh, planning and ops for emergency preparedness. Um, we're under the Worcester Division of Public Health, and um, I attend these meetings uh, monthly, and there are times when we have to vote on many different things. Um, so we have to send a letter um, um, to them saying that who would be the alternate person voting um, or who would represent the town of Franklin as a FEP Region 2 representative. And um, basically I put Ginny um, for on, in this letter as my alternate. Surprise, surprise, you didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, Bridget, uh, I just found out Bridget has a digital signature. So um, if you if you all vote to agree, I'll send you this document, um, or you can send me your signature, and I can put it on and then send it to them. Um, if that's appropriate. This is a template that they sent to us with the with the you know wording that we need to use. So is that okay with the board? Oh, Bridget, you're on mute.
Oh, in the senior center also is doing it as well. In the high school um, kitchen. In the high school kitchen, kitchen. that's right. Because they don't have a garbage garden, yeah. there, so they use them. Um, yeah. Just in the kitchen, not the, kid, not the students. Yeah, so um, we're pretty excited that this you know, went off without a hitch and the kids did great. And um, I can send you a video of what, it, what model we kind of followed, just so you can. That's great. cool. That's yeah. great. It is really yeah. cool. And I think, you know, like Colin, our food, um, what's its title? Um, um, I Yeah, so he's overseeing it as well. I didn't include him, I should have. He did this program at, as well, in Needham at one point, and um, he's overseeing it, obviously, and, um, you know, buying the appropriate compostable um, lunch trays so it, it's went off swimmingly. I'll let you know when Channel 10 airs. Yeah. Um, so that's new. That's new news. Okay, next. So that's positive news. Look at that. Yeah. Next, we got the Medicovit Shared Service Grant Regional Inspector Report. So John is somewhere, um, but not here. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Um, so anyways, I knew he might not be here uh, this evening, so I told him, you know, I would kind of look through his report and, and um, report on his uh, inspections. So through the month of November, he did um, a nuisance complaint inspection, a re-inspection, uh, biannual inspection. He did 14. Uh, he did four food establishment re-inspections, one foodborne illness inspection that was resolved. There was no findings. Um, and then he was in the um, down below special inspection. She actually um, was in a, uh, I don't know what these, actually she should have told me what these were, what your tests were attempting. So one of these miscellaneous inspections. Uh, and then he was in uh, a, an FDA training for temporary food. So that's John's report, as you can read. And then good with that? Yeah, we are, yes. Okay. Next we have Metacomic Shared Service Grant Public Health Nurse Report. Okay. So for um, communicable diseases for COVID-19 to start, this data is from December 1st. Um, oh, I have the October, but total cases for November, sorry, it should be November, 117 versus 104 in October. Um, at this point, too, it's always good to be looking at the wastewater, though, to really see, because as we know, people are doing home tests, or you have one person in the home, and it could be more people with it. Um, along with COVID-19, um, we are doing other communicable disease case investigations. If it's any kind of foodborne illness, whatever comes through in Maven, we investigate. Influenza, we're seeing an uptick right now. Um, seasonal influenza activities elevated across the country. I think when I checked this, it said moderate, but this week it's actually high for um, Massachusetts. Uh, more influenza A is being seen than influenza B, um, reported to the hospitals and outpatient facilities in Massachusetts. Um, the percent of influenza-like illnesses, when I did this report, was around 2.64, but I want everything has gone up this past week. Um, they do the reports weekly on um, the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. Um, the number of influenza vaccine doses administered this flu season is slightly lower than the previous two seasons in the same week, and the vaccination rate for all ages is 
needed because you still see higher numbers in February. Um, Central Park Terrace, we did a health bingo at the end of the month on the 30th, and we are continuing doing the mobile food pantry. We won't be having one in December because um, the food pantry is closed that week, but we had a great one right before Thanksgiving. It was the day before Thanksgiving, and we had a whole bunch of pies to give out to people from the Franklin awesome. Senior Center, yeah, and it was good. really lovely. We even went like door to door to some people and made sure that people had what they need and visit some homebound um, residents there. Um, still continuing with bi-weekly local board of health trainings. Um, we did a healthy eating presentation at the Franklin Senior Center on the 10th. I went to a Franklin High School Wellness Committee on the first of the month. I'll be doing that every month. They just didn't have one this month, or they're not having one in December because of like the holidays and how it uh, fell. Um, Norfolk Senior Center Health Fair was on the 16th. We participated in that. And I did a mental first, a mental health first aid course at the Bellingham Senior Center. So now I'm, it's like a mental health first aid like certified. So I have that for the next few years. And I'm still doing weekly home visits, anything from medication management to wound treatments for people in the community. Great, thank you. Thank you. Next we have Metacomet Shared Service Grant Epidemiologist report. Did I say it correctly? Who's close? Happy. <laughs> <laughs> close Happy. <laughs> um, so for the month of November, I'm still updating the Franklin, Norfolk, and Redmond dashboards for COVID, and there was 117 confirmed COVID-19 positive cases. 81% um, of Franklin residents are fully vaccinated. 54% have their first booster and 23% have their second booster shot. Um, there were no COVID-19 related deaths in the month of November and confirmed cases have increased 5% from October to November. Um, and we still have the COVID-19 cell test kits. We have a few boxes left and they do expire January 26th. So there's still about a month and a half left uh, for people to come grab those at the Franklin Senior Center. Um, I assisted in the flu clinic at Franklin Senior Center on November 2nd. Um, also sending out weekly wellness updates through the regroup texts and emails to raise awareness. Uh, this month was Alzheimer's disease, skin protection, lung cancer, and diabetes awareness. Um, we also did an educational health bingo at Central Park Terrence. Um, doing um, surveillance and case management, so calling and investigating communicable disease cases, answering questions, giving guidance, um, and reporting data into MAVEN. I'm um, still working on the interactive map of health outcomes with the GIS specialist, Natalie, and we're hoping to be done with that by the end of this month. Um, then also, like Alicia said, we're at the food pantry um, every fourth Wednesday of the month, um, this month along with the regular shelf-stable bags, fruit, vegetables, and produce. Um, we also did uh, like traditional Thanksgiving bags and pies. And then for means and certifications, we have the bi-weekly MDPH webinars, um, a weekly regional epidemiology Zoom meeting. Um, I got two certifications, one in infectious disease transmission models for decision makers and essentials of global health. And I also forgot to put on, we did do the Norfolk Health Fair, we assisted in that, and the healthy eating at the Franklin Senior Center, too. Okay, thank you. How do people 
offer CPR classes at all? So I'm not a CPR, I'm not certi like certified to train it. Do we have anybody that, that could do it? I know at the fire station we, they do it. They've offered it to the employees through the fire department. Yeah, they did it through like they did my recertification. I think it was just employees that were. Mm -hmm. that I mean, once or twice a year to offer that to the people. To come it is the it. fire department. I mean, I think we could also reach out to the American Red Cross and see, okay. you know, what, what services they offer um, as well. So we can look into that. Sure. Yep. Yeah. For residents, you mean? Yeah.
There is no dumb question local oh, yes, or there are. <laughs> <laughs> use the information that you find here please tell your friends and neighbors if you don't like something here please let me know through this feedback loop we can continue to make improvements and i thank you for listening for additional information please visit franklinmatters.org if you have questions or comments you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com the music for the intro and exit was provided by michael clark and the group east of shirley the piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.